You guys, and I was just, you know, I was waiting for you to get here, Kathy, because I was trying to bust the rhyme. You know how you do. And I'm 65. I want Kathy to hear. I'm 60. that God has
times um, I can be worried about things that I'm not in the present, you know. And I was telling Mother Allen this morning that I was just things that, that I had on my mind that I need to get done and people I want to get gifts to. And I'm just running around, you know, the night before, just feeling all kind of ways. And, and that, that on my birthday, you know, I just wasn't in the present, you know. But all of a sudden, the Lord just, my daughter got up and made me just beautiful breakfast. My other daughter zoomed in, took me to get my nails done. My boys called me and had this beautiful dinner for me last night. And God kept saying, just be in the present. Uh, you know, just be in the present. And I thank God, you guys, be in the present. Sometimes we're thinking about yesterday. We're thinking about somebody. We're thinking about what we didn't get, what, we, what someone did to us. But God said, just be in the present. I want you just right now, be in the present. In the present, we are here. And we're here because of God. In the present, we have the activities of our limbs. And something may be hurting, but we're still standing. Do you understand? In the present, we're not dead. We are alive. Come on. Right now, in the present, we are here. In the present, we know God is for us and he is not against us. Just begin to thank God for those things that we count as small. There's some things we count as small because we're looking for something else that we deem as bigger. But really having God in our life, that's the best thing that could ever happen. And so I am so thankful this morning for having God in my life. I'm so thankful for the peace that he would just surround you in. I'm so thankful for Jesus, that wonderful name of Jesus. That that name of Jesus soothes all my doubts. Lehani, it calms all my fears that name of Jesus I don't come here just to come here you know I thought about the message that God gave me come to go do you guys remember that message we didn't just come here you guys we came to go we came to get so that we can go and that we can be the light that God needs us to be the church, the church is the light that the world is looking for. And what I realize about that old slew-footed devil is he's trying to turn our lights out so the world has nothing to look forward to. But I just thank God that we have come today. Oh, come on. We've come today to regain and to, to reignite our light, to get brighter so that when we walk out, whatever was bothering you, I want you to cast it down. Whoever was bothering you, I want you to cast it away. And I want you to get your mind on our King of Kings and our Lord, who really matters is Jesus, right? And so I want you to be present right now for, for the Holy Spirit to work on you, to work through you, to bless you, to enlighten you, to lift you. I want you to get what you came for so that you can do, go do what God needs you to do, all right? We're not going to waste no time. Come on, we ain't going to waste no time thinking about things that don't matter. We're going to get our mind, get your mind. What our song we used to sing all the time, Mother Al, get your mind on Jesus. And we're going to have a time. So I thank God right now that as long as we get our mind on the Lord, we can have a good time. I just thank God. You know, I was thinking I thank God for Dane being here and getting to come home and 
see his family and what an honorable young man. Every time I see him, I thank God for the gift he was and is. You know, the very first time they brought him into the church and the gift that he still is. When I look at him, I just thank God. I thank God for every single Alonzo. We're so glad to see Alonzo roll up in here today. Thank you, God. You know, thank you, God, for every one of us because we could have made a reason why. Come on. Everybody could have had a reason why. But I just thank God right now that we made it. And our reason to love Jesus was bigger than our reason to love ourselves. Okay? Because ourselves could have said, you know what? I'm going to stay in the bed today. But we love Jesus more. And so just, you guys, let's look at someone and say, glad you made it. Glad you made it. Glad you made it. Look at our elder back there on the back wall. Amen. And we just love that he made it, you guys. That he's, he's standing in this time of, of, I think about serious pain. And this is what I want to say to those that may be watching. And you're in serious pain. You know, I was thinking so much about everyone's not fa-la-la joy to the world. Okay? Because they're hurting very, very bad. But I just want to say this, that he, he's with you. And somebody might say, if he's with me, why don't he do something for me? But let me say, he's doing something for you by being with you. Because the every attack that comes against us was meant to kill us. It's meant to kill us. And if we're still standing and we're alive, it's because he's with us. If he but turn his face away from us, if he must but turn his back, that thing that's trying to kill you would kill you. But the very fact that he's with you, do you understand that? He's with you. That's why you can stand through it. That's why you can go through it. That's why you're still alive. And so as sure as he's with you, he's working out a plan for your life, for healing, for deliverance. It's already there. But sometimes we don't realize that the deliverance of the body is second to the deliverance of the heart and mind. God's doing great things in us. He's, he's preparing our mind to, to, to walk through. You know, it says, Gay though I walk through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. There's the valley. There's the shadow of death. I will fear no evil though. Because you are with me. And God wants us to be able to walk through our valleys and walk through the shadow of death and know that he is still with us. So we thank God for the preparation and the training because as sure as we're on this earth, there's going to be valleys, there's going to be shadow of death, and there's going to be pain, but he is with us. So we thank God and we continue to pray for those that are at home that could not make it today. We continue to pray for those that may be watching right now and you're in pain. I put my hand toward the camera toward everyone that's home. And in the name of Jesus, Father, be the encourager and the comforter that your word promises you to be. And Father, as that enemy that is in our ear that tries to make us feel weak and alone and that we have no help, remind us and remind everyone watching where our help comes from. Our help comes from you, O oh God, maker of heaven and earth, creator of us that knows all about us, O oh God. Father, we ask that right now that our spirit man will stand up, God, stand in your strength stand in your word defy the enemy right now that's trying to make us feel that you are not there but God we will feel your there-ness and in feeling your there-ness 
God, we will be empowered to go through whatever it is that you allow us to go through. In Jesus' name, everything else will stop. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So we thank God right now for our Lord and our Savior. And we're looking forward this morning to a good word. Amen? A good word. We've had so much word this this um, year. I, you know, I go back and I look back and I just, you guys go back and just start looking back over the word that we've had this year. And one of the, the best things this year is we've had um, some of our leaders to preach on our fourth Sunday. You guys don't just hear it once. You know, I love Mother Allen. Mother Allen go hear that word three and four times a week. I'll call her and she's still, she's still listening to the word. And I said, that's how we get strong is by listening to the word of God. And God has a word for every season, you guys. And if you would just glean from that word, I mean, just don't hear it one time. Hear it again. Hear it again. Hear it again. Squeeze it until everything that God wants for you in that word comes out to empower you. And so this morning, we're just going to welcome our pastor. Apostle David B. Jenkins. We're going to thank God for him and we're going to thank God for the word, amen, that's in him that he is bringing to us this morning. God bless you, Pastor Jenkins. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you this morning. We thank you, God, for another day that you've given us, an opportunity, Lord, just to come together, Lord, and to worship your name, Lord, and to encourage one another, God, as we lift up the God of our salvation. Lord, and we pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds, God, both here and those that are viewing online, God, that you would just... Lord, let us bring our thoughts and our focus in unto you, Lord, as we come together, Lord, to hear what your spirit is saying unto the church. Lord, we bind the hand of the enemy that would bring any distraction that would try to steal your word, God, and steal the focus, Lord, of what you want to say and what you want to do on this morning. I yield myself to you, God. Lord, that you would speak to me and through me, God. Lord, that your will will be done here this morning, God, and we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Good to be here, as always. You know, as Pastor Linda was talking about that, you know, that, that with us, I like how it said in, in Matthew, in the first chapter of Matthew, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, being interpreted. God with us. God is with us every day. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter the ups and the downs, he's here. Amen. And I just thank God that we can have that confidence, amen, once we believe him and believe him at his word, that he is doing what he said he would do in the lives of his saints. Amen. We say greetings to everyone here and those that are watching online. Amen. Another day. Another day. Amen. Another day. amen. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday. Amen. But tomorrow is a promise. Amen. But all we have right now is today. And we got to focus in on what's happening today, right? Because look, we've been through a lot this year. Not just the virus, but a lot of things have taken place, amen. And I I can just imagine so many people are, are looking forward to 2020 coming to an end. Amen. This year has been a challenge, amen, all around. 
Amen. And as we continue to just go forward, we ain't got no choice but to wait for the last few days to be over with. And, you know, it ain't over, amen, until the clock strikes. And then what do we do? We go into another year and we don't know what, what to expect when we get into 2021. But there's going to be some things happening in 2021. But the comfort is in knowing that God is with us, as he was saying. Through all of that, I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas celebration, amen. Didn't forget to praise God for, you know, the, the real reason for the season, amen. Didn't forget to, you know, give him glory that he deserved for the birth of the Christ child, amen. The, uh, the lamb that was slain for our sins, whose blood was shed, that we might be set free. You know, but as we gather, this is the last Sunday. Think amen. about that. The last Sunday of 2020, amen, and if you just, just think about, wow, it seemed like this year just shot by, amen, even, even with all the stuff that was going on, it still just took off, amen, and we're here, you know, and I think about, you know, the fact that when we first came into 2020, we, who remembers what our theme was? I hope y'all remember what the theme was, been in front of us, go, go. How many of us went in 2020? He said, we can't go nowhere. We're on lockdown. We can't go. No, you can always. There's always a way to go. Always a way to lift him up. Always a way to magnify his name, especially, you know, with all the things that were going on, amen, opportunities to go there with people. Amen. Let them know how much we need the Lord Jesus Christ. We need our Savior. You know, and I was just listening, even as Ella Willie was praying this morning and praying about the Christ child and read the passage but there's another passage that comes in my mind Isaiah 9 and 6 which is appropriate for such a time as this that we're living in because there's so much wonderment of what's happening what's going on amen how are things going to turn out you know and that that passage amen it should bring peace to our hearts when we really go back and understand amen you know because no matter what we still got to keep going forward we can't just say, I'm done and stop, amen. We got to keep on going forward, amen. And as we do, we should be able to do it with new hope going into this new year. And expectations, even though we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But in Isaiah 96, you know, the, he prophesied this some 740 years before the birth of the Christ child. Amen. Meaning that God put his, his, he established him and it says, for unto us a child is born. Until the son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. With all this stuff going on in the government, he said the government's on his shoulders. But he didn't stop there. And his name should be called Wonderful, Counselor. Well, we need some counselors right about now. Mighty, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Can anybody use some peace? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, all these things, he is. Amen. And Isaiah was letting them know way back then what was coming, what we would receive, amen. And then he didn't stop there, but he said, the, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Think about that. It's continually increasing his authority, his governance, and his peace is increasing without end, amen. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with just judgment and with justice. We talked about those things, amen. And, and I like this last passage. He says, for henceforth 
ever and forever and forever. And here what he said, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Now when you think about that, the zeal. You ever seen somebody that's just got a lot of zeal? They're just zealous no matter what. They're going to just make it happen. They're going to do it. Whether right or wrong, they're just going to go. But we know the Lord is right. So if the Lord is operating in a zealous way, amen, to, to, to bring governance in our lives and to bring peace in our lives and to be that counselor that we need and to be, you know, all that it talks about, the Prince of Peace. He, he's zealous to do that if we would just open up and allow him to have his way in our lives. But all too often we focus on the stuff that we need to be turning to him with and we allow the stuff, amen, to take our attention away and cause us not to be able to truly enter into what the Lord has for us. That peace, and amen, and that, that confidence, amen, and knowing, you know, now if, if he's able to govern the nations, if he's able to control all those things, don't you think he can govern the things happening in our lives? Don't you think that he has the power and the authority, amen, to, to order things, amen, even though we might not understand how it's being done or why it's being done. But the key thing is, you know, the deal is this. We must be willing to trust, believe, submit, and surrender to him for his will and his ways to actually operate in our lives. You know, we, we have the power to freely turn ourselves, our lives, our circumstances and situations over to God and trust him or we can make it the choice to resist those things because it just don't seem like it's working right or it just don't seem like it, it's happening fast enough or it maybe it just don't go along with what we feel like we want to do. But if we would just yield to him and let him freely rule in our lives, Think about that. Just free. Now, I think, I, you know, I, I just had a thought. How many of us just let people just freely come to our homes and just walk through and do whatever they want to do? Huh? They just come, they don't even ring the doorbell. They just walk in the door and just walk in there like, like, like they at home. Go in the refrigerator, you know, go upstairs, downstairs. I mean, they just go, hey, I'm just, I'm, hey. And we just sit there and we're comfortable with that because, you know what, we've given them the freedom, you know, to go in our, you know, whatever part of the house they want to go into. That's how we should be with the Lord. Because I know most of us ain't like that, even with family. Don't be going over there. This is my house. This is my space. And sometimes that's how we treat God. Don't be going up in there. This is my life. This is my space. And then when, when he does things, we, we have a tendency, amen, or things are happening in our lives, we have a tendency to, to question what's going on. And, and not only what's going on, we have a tendency to question what he's doing. And why is he allowing this and allowing that? You know, and, and, and instead of just, again, that freedom. Allowing him to move freely. Amen. And trust him and to be surrendered to him completely. And if we do that, it, it takes a lot of stress off of us. A lot of burden that we carry off of us. And we, as the scripture says, we just cast our cares upon him because what? 
he cares for us. But we feel like, oh, Lord, you're not showing me enough care right now because this is a difficult time. I'm broke. I need some money. I need, you know, whatever the situation might be. And we're wondering what you're going to do. And, and is God able? Amen. Do we have that confidence? You know, because at some point in every man and woman's life, we have to ask a question of ourselves. And we need to answer that question to ourselves. You know, do I really stand on the word of God? Do I really understand and believe the Lord is real? And if he's real, he's able to do what he says he's able to do. And that he would do for the good of his people. Amen. We can use our words to frame things in a positive way. And you can use the same words to frame things in a negative way. For example, you can, th- you, can, you can ask the question, is the word of God true? That's a question. But imagine if we just reframed our words just by moving the, the first word a little bit further down in the question and getting rid of the question mark. Because that's what we're going to talk about this morning, is get rid of the question mark. But if you just take that is and say, the word of God is true, instead of is the word of God true. The word of God is true, even in my circumstance, even in my situation, even in my pain, even in my fear, even in my hurt, the word of God is true. And I can stand on that word. And I can trust him, but rather than do that, we, 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 we tend to ask the question as if we don't really believe that the answer is in the word of God. And we, we, we struggle with that. So if we would learn to approach God with phrases that are positive and not negative, if we would pray and frame our words in a way that are positive and affirmations of what he is able to do rather than going to him with more and more and more questions. God, why? No, no. And, I, and, and you know, I'm one, I, I've asked the questions, but we need to understand the power behind the question. You know, we need to understand, we've, I've read so many Psalms where, where David has questioned and he's asked and he's brought these things, but he always ultimately ends up flipping it around and saying, but I know you're able. But I know you're true. He, he, he cancels out all the questions that had been asked, you know, in, in his soliloquy. He comes and he lays out his heart, but he cancels out anything that he said that was negative. Anything that he said would, would introduce doubt. And he got rid of all the question marks. And he answered positive that God is able. Don't forget all of his benefits you know, since we're starting, you know, and, and we're preparing to, to go into this new year, we need to, you know, think about how am I going to go into the new year? How am I going to go in the midst of all the things that are taking place, all the things that are happening? You know, we, we seldom use the question mark when we say what we can and cannot do. People will tell you unequivocally, I can't do that. Even if it goes against the word of God, I just can't do it. We're that, we're that 
But, you know, we're really saying it's what we won't do. Hello? So, so when we look at this, but we often use the question mark when we talk about what God can or cannot do. I mean, and so I, I, I want to help us with that a little bit here this morning. Help us to get to a place, amen, where, where we, we would question ourselves more than we'll question God. We'll question ourselves as why don't I believe that? Why am I struggling with that? Why is this a challenge for me to, to go through this trusting God? See, if we go that way, now we can continue to affirm what he said. But if we go the other direction, we find ourselves struggling with the word of God. So help us, Lord. You, you make statements. Amen. And they should be positive. Even in our prayers, they need to be positive. You know, I, 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 I want to start off with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. I mean, he was, he was the cousin of our Lord and Savior. He knew Christ. Amen. Even before he was born, he had an encounter with Christ. When, when Mary went to see Elizabeth, her aunt, amen, and they were both pregnant. Mary, I mean, Elizabeth was three months, you know, ahead of Mary in the pregnancy. But when they came together, the scripture tells us that Mary, I mean, Elizabeth's baby leaped in the womb. You know, because even, even in the womb, they, they had a connection and there was an identification. Can you imagine, amen, you, 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 it's just still in your mother's womb and you have an experience with Jesus. Hallelujah. Who's three months younger than you. Just imagine, you think he was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb? Hallelujah. Something happened in that womb. Amen. So he knew about the Christ child. He, I, I, I can say he, he may have received his assignment at that moment. And got happy about it. I mean, oh, that's speculation, but we don't know what caused him to leap except the fact that they were, came close together between, you know, niece and aunt. And all of a sudden the baby leaps because he's going to be the forerunner of his cousin to go and to make the way. And let's look what he says here in Matthew, the 11th chapter, starting at the first verse. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12, his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had, in, had heard in prison, in the prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come? Wait a minute. This is John. And when he said, he said, Say unto him, Art thou he that should come? He's questioning or do we look for another? How many times have we questioned? <laughs> Maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe I should be following somebody else. This ain't working like I, you know, but he, but he asked him the question. You know, he told him to go. He said his disciples, those that believed in what John was doing, he said, you'll go find Jesus and ask him if he's the one or, or should we be looking for another one? This is John. John who leapt in the womb. John who baptized Jesus. And now 
he, he's, he's questioning. And it goes on to say, in the fourth verse, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go show John again those things which ye do hear and see. In other words, go remind him again those things that you do see and hear. The blind re- receive their sight, the, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Notice, I, I always love that when I read that. It says, the poor receive the God. He, he didn't say the poor receive money because they got something more valuable. He said that the gospel was preached unto them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Wow. Have we ever been offended in Christ? Taking offense at his word, taking offense because he didn't do things like we wanted or thought or expected or hoped that he should do. These are the questions that, you know, we all must answer. But I look at this, this passage, amen, because in Luke, there's a parallel passage to it. And I, I want to bring out, because it, it, it brings out even a little bit more of this situation with John, amen, that we want to look at, amen, and understand, you know, because, you know, Leading up to this situation, this question being asked, Jesus was running around healing folks and, you know, raising the dead and doing all these things. And his disciples had heard about these things. And, you know, and, and John had been thrown into prison. Now, all this is going on. Now, they're both about their ministry. But John, you know, had been thrown into prison because he had told King Herod that he had no right to be with his brother Philip's son. I mean, not son, but wife. He had taken his brother's wife as his own, and, and John rebuked him, and, you know, she was upset, and the king was upset, but the king was afraid to do anything to John, but he did throw him in prison because his wife was upset because he kind of threw him under the bus. And all this time, so, so now John is going through his own personal persecution. And while he's in prison, he kind of felt a little down because of what he was going through. And this is not quite how he imagined things should be turning out in his life. As long as he was going around, because he was bold, and he bold enough to get in the king's face and tell him, you ain't got no business taking your wife's, I mean, your, your son, your brother's wife. He was bold, amen, to tell the Pharisees about who Jesus was, Amen. And tell them that they need to go and come back and bring fruits meat worthy of repentance. He would get in the authority's face. Amen. When things was going right, but he would stand on the word when things were going right and strong. But something happened when it got personal. When he got thrown in prison because he was standing on the word of God and speaking truth. But it got personal. And when it got personal, John began to question whether this was the right one to follow. He began to question, amen, if he had made a mistake. So he sent his disciples to go and to ask Jesus, are you the one? Or should we be looking for somebody else? How many times when we find ourselves in the struggle, we start questioning our decision to follow Jesus. How many times when, when it gets personal, 
Amen. See, it's easy to testify, amen, when everything is going good. It's easy to tell others how they need to, to, to handle their situations and circumstances based on the word of God. But when it's personal, when it comes to your door or my door, do we have that same zeal? Do we have that same freedom? Do we have that same belief that we share with others when it's not on us? See, John could get in anybody's face and you know, tell them, but when he came to his door, he began to question. Where are you, Jesus? You know, because John was going around over in Luke. He healed the centurion servant who was sick. And he admired the servant, I mean, the centurion's faith so much that he just healed the man without even going all the way to his house. He said, so great faith I haven't seen in all Israel because this centurion understood the authority that Jesus walked in because he was a man of authority. And then as he was going along, he, was, he stopped to interrupt the funeral. You know, let's look at that over in, in Luke, the seventh chapter, verse 12 and 15. It says, now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Now, and much people of the city was with her. Wow, now here she come, going to bury her only son. She's a widow, her husband's already dead. You know, and she's about to bury him, so who's going to support her? Who's going to take care of her? She's thinking about all these things going on. And, and I, I, I like what happened here, amen. And he said, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. And came and touched the briar, which means the, the casket, the coffin, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Whoa. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. See, Jesus was about action. He was about making things happen, amen. No, I think, I think I noticed in this passage that she didn't even ask. She didn't even ask. It doesn't give us any other information about this woman, whether she was a Jew or a Gentile whether she was a believer, it, it, it doesn't give up. But see, it, it tells us that Jesus had compassion because of her circumstances. She didn't pray. They didn't stop until Jesus stopped them and interrupted their funeral procession going out to bury him. Now, and, and, and you say, well, what's that got to do with the question? It's, it's, this is what it has to do with the question. Because if we would believe him, now if he would do it for someone who didn't even ask. Amen, that we don't know nothing about this woman. Now he did, but he would do it for someone who didn't even ask. How much more would he do for us, for you and for me, if we were asked in faith, believing? And yet giving him the liberty to do exactly what and when and how he wanted to do it if he wanted to do it and be at peace with that because he's our God. We call upon him. We trust him. Amen? So I, I look at that and I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. But then we drop down to the 18th verse in that same passage. 
And it said, and the disciples of John, this is the parallel part. It said, disciples of John saw him, I mean, showed John, I mean, disciples of John showed him all these things. They went and told him about the, the funeral. They told him about the centurion's son, servant. They told him all these things. And John called unto two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Now, this is John's account. We read Luke's earlier. And when the men were come unto him, he said, I mean, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee. Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in the same hour, now look what happened. Jesus did. Now see, in, in Matthew, it would appear that he answered them immediately. But Luke, you know, Luke was a physician. You know, doctors, they, they, they try to be detailed about everything. You know, so we see, and he says, in the same hour, he cured many that were affirmed with, and plagues <laughs> of their infirmities, and their plagues and of evil spirits and unto many that were blind he gave sight in other words they asked him a question so first thing he did was start demonstrating and he said in the hour that followed now he did all this in the hour that followed he said you ask a question let me, let me give you a demonstration in fact let me give you a few demonstrations Amen. And then he said, and then he says, then Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor is preached. Yeah. I mean, and to the poor the gospel is preached. He said, Now that you've seen all these things, tell him, and blesses he whosoever shall not be offended in me. He made it clear. Now, John, I mean, this still baffles me, you know, when I think about the fact of who John was. You know, we, we would expect, you know, and wouldn't be surprised if he was talking about Thomas. Right? Because tell you, the scripture lets us know Thomas was a doubter. That's why he, he got the, rep, the, the nickname, the doubting Thomas. You know, so if Thomas would have asked this question, it wouldn't have been so out of joint, out of pocket, out of place. But for, G and for John to doubt him as the Messiah because of his circumstances, amen, John's the one that declared he was the Lamb of God. John's the one that baptized him. John's the one, amen, that encountered and, and stood his ground, amen. He ran around in 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 you know, eating locusts and wild honey, and, you know, and, and wearing a, a skin, amen. And, and all these things, look what it says about John in, in, in John one twenty nine. This is when he had just got through talking and baptizing people. He said, in the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and now, and I know, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I come, I am, I mean, am I come baptizing with water, and John bear record, 
Look what it says. John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. Now, what more proof should John need to convince him, amen, that even though I might be going through something, he is the Christ. He declared, amen, on more than one occasion that he was the Lamb of God. He declared that he was the one that will be made manifest to Israel. He declared, amen, that he bore witness of the dove coming down, the spirit coming down and, and resting upon him in his own words. He said, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same saith unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear witness that this is the Son of God. Amen. Now John says, what he's telling me, he said, and when I received my commission to go baptize, he, which would be God, speaking to John, told him that whoever you see the dove coming and laying upon, the Spirit resting upon, he is the one. So, He's got the prophetic word direct from God that when you see this, he's the one. He saw it and he declared it, but again, I'm just trying to drive this point home. When it got personal, John got shaky. When it got too close to home, John sent his friends, go ask him if he's really the one. After all the evidence, now if John can be a doubter, if his faith can be shaken after all that he witnessed firsthand and received direct download from God, and if he can be shaky, don't, don't wonder that we get shaky sometimes. See, I'm not here to beat us up. I'm here, here to help us understand that it's okay when you get blindsided or, or you get hit, that, that it's going to shake you a little bit, but you got to be quick to collect yourself. You got to be quick to remind yourself of what you've seen and you've heard and you've experienced that proves who he is in spite of what you're going through. And you remove those question marks and get them out the way and say, no, he is the son of God. He is my savior. He is able. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is my help in the time of trouble. Don't let circumstances cause us to question God. Because when we do and we continue to question him, that's how the enemy comes in to steal our faith. More and more, the more we question the more he's going to try to prove that he's not. The more the enemy's going to try to prove. I mean, he said, oh, oh I, got him, I, got him I, got, I, I got him teetering. Got him teetering. No. We got to stand firm. When you set, find yourself, fear yourself, you know, beginning to, to waver. When you find yourself beginning to teeter, you got, you got to say, hold up. I know that my Redeemer lives. He said, I know that he's real. Because in 35th verse, he goes on to say, 
And the next day again after, John stood and two of his disciples and looked upon Jesus as he walked. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. People are following Jesus because of what we told him. When we were standing firm, we helped them along the way. God used us to speak truth. Amen. And they grabbed hold of that truth. Let that same truth help us to remove the question marks. When it's our turn to be going through, when it's our turn to be struggling, when it's our turn, amen, to be wondering, God, where are you? I know you're here. I mean, I see you. I may not feel you, but I know. I know that I know that you're here. See, that's what we got to do. When, when, when the doubt begins to come, amen. And, and so so we, we look at John and we recognize at what point he had begun to doubt Jesus mm. and was ready to affirm whether there was somebody else I should be following. You know, I don't know about this Christian faith. Let me go jump into this or let me jump into that. Let me Hold up. Read your Bible. And then if that's not enough, begin to check history and see how it lines up with your Bible. Amen. Look at the archaeology, you know, the, the, the proof that the archaeologists have dug up. Amen. And look at all these things, amen. And look at the fact that all the other gods or, or, or gurus, or, they're still in the grave, but they can't find Jesus in the grave. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He rose, amen, and he's made a way for you and for me. You know, I think about how easy it is for us to waver when trouble comes. I wanted, I wanted it to be difficult for the enemy to cause me to waver. I wanted him to have to come in and someone say, don't say that. I wanted him to have to come in a whole new way because you know what? There's nothing under the sun that my God can't handle. You know, and, and, and at all times, me and my God are a majority. I don't care how many people are saying something different or something, you know, that, that's in left wing. Or I don't care how my flesh feels. I got I to get it under check and say, no, get it in alignment. Because we believe God and we stand on his word. We got to have a determinate answer when trouble comes. We got to make up in our mind. Let's go to Daniel, the sixth chapter. And here we, 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 we look at our brother, Daniel himself, in the service of the king. And others, amen, they were jealous because Daniel had favor with the king. But Daniel believed God and Daniel prayed daily. So they got together, a bunch of them, and they said, we, we want to trip him up. He's getting too much favor, if I can just put it in my own word. And so they went to the king and they made a decree that anybody who prayed for 30 days to any other god but unto you, O king, that he'll be thrown in the fiery furnace. You know, so they, they, they convinced the king to sign this decree. And not only did they get him to sign the decree, they wrote a, a caveat in there that, oh, king, 
We want you to write it so that even you can't cancel your word. So the king did it. So that was a lockdown. No matter what, it was going to happen. And it says in, in verse 10 in the sixth chapter of Daniel, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, I mean his God, as he did aforetime. In other words, he knew the decree was signed. There was a, a lockdown on prayer. Amen. So now nah, no one going to pray to anybody for 30 days except unto Nebuchadnezzar because he set himself up and he's setting up his image and all these things. But Daniel said, no, nah, I ain't going to bow down to that. I ain't going to bow down to that fear. I'm not going to be afraid. And Daniel did what he always did. Went into his, his room and he, he didn't close the window so no one would hear him. But he left the windows open because he trusted his God had his back. And he prayed three times a day. We, many, many of us know the story. Amen. And, and, and they heard and they went and told the king that your servant Daniel, you know, your, 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 your favorite, He's praying to the God of Israel. Now the king had no choice because he signed the decree. So we drop down to 16, amen. The 16th verse says, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, now take note here because the king, yeah, the king liked Daniel because he knew Daniel was faithful. And no matter what happened in all the years that Daniel was there serving him, Daniel was faithful to his God. Daniel had proven this time and time again. But we look here and we say, the king says this to him. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. The king didn't even doubt. Because he knew Daniel served God, how? Continually. That means he served him faithfully and the king saw it. And the king, no matter what else was going on, had bought into the faith of Daniel. Because of his steadfastness, his unwavering in times. Remember, Daniel was one of the three. I mean, he was there. Amen. He was, he was there. He was there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was there, amen. They were all captured at the same time, amen. And all these things they went through. So the king has seen the faith of these Israelites. So when he, it came to, to him praying, Daniel, he knew Daniel. He probably knew Daniel still going to pray. Right? But he said, Jorgen, he will deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's so not only did he take his ring and seal it, all the lords around him, amen, they all sealed it to make sure nobody snuck in and got him out and then resealed it. No, we all got this seal, okay? That the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Look at this. This is because of the faith of Daniel. Daniel. 
Now, who's he fasting for? Daniel, who's he fasting in the presence of? God. But he spent the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. He didn't sleep all night long. See, music to them was like for us, you know, relaxing and watching TV because they didn't have TV. So he said he didn't even watch no TV. He just fasted. He's just praying in his spirit for Daniel. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. Oh, my goodness. And the king spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. Hey, the living, I mean, he made it clear. Of the living God is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions. Then Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocently, innocence was found in me. Wow. So even before God, I stood innocent because I did not bow down. I did not doubt him. I did not question him. I stood in faith. Look at this. Mm. And also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Now look what happens. And the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that what? They should take Daniel out of the den so that, that so Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. How much more can we see happen and unfold in those times of struggle and difficulty if we would just face it and believe that God is able? to deliver us, to take us through it, to give us the strength. Whatever is his will, he is able to give us that that we need. You know, the examples just continue. When we look at these passages, I look at, as I mentioned, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the third chapter of Daniel. Look at the 16th verse. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king. Now, this is when the king, before Daniel went to the den, he dealt with these three young men because he had set up that image. And he said, everybody's going to bow down when the music plays. Everybody's going to bow down to the image that I've set up. And if you don't bow down, I'm going to cast you into the fiery furnace. And they did all that. And they bowed and they prayed. And they played the music. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow down. And the other servants went and they told the king, that them Hebrew boys didn't bow. So he called and he said, I'm going to give you another chance. And this time, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Now, we're talking about the same king and dealing with these same Hebrews. But they didn't, the second time they didn't bow down. Look what it says here. And they answered and said, this is before he played the music, the second time. And they answered and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. 
See, we're not even going to bother to answer that. We're not, we're not going to be wrong. We're not going to, we, we just, we just going to go on and do what we got to do. But look what they say in the 17th verse. This is, they could have questioned and got amongst the three of them and said, do you think God's going to deliver us? Do you think we should do this? What do you think we should do, Pastor Linda? Should we bow or should we stand? Or what? I mean, we had one chance, but now we, you know, John Terry, should, should, what are we going to do? Should we, we bow down? Do you think God's going to deliver us? Do you think God's going to make a way? Pastor Sam, do you think he'll, he'll show up? They didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't confer amongst themselves. But what they, they told the king, we're not going to be careful to answer the, but look what they said. If it be so, our God is able our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He said, if it be so that you do what you say you're going to do, our God is able to do what he said he could do. I said, King, if, if it be so that you throw us in the fiery furnace, in other words, they tell him, we're not going to bow. But he said, if it be so, you, you throw us in the furnace, our God is able to deliver us out of the furnace. See, they, they make it a positive stand here in the midst, in the face. They're not worried about the king's authority. They're not worried about the furnace. They're not worried about all the tattletales around them. They say, if it be so, he's able to deliver us out of your hand, O king. They're being disrespectful, O king. But look at the 18th verse. Now, this way it gets even better. He said, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. He said, now we know he's able, but even if he don't, even if we perish, we ain't going to bow. Even if we perish, even if it don't go the way we're hoping it would go in our heart, even if it don't, we're not going to bow down because why? We'll only serve him. We won't question him. Amen. We won't doubt him. Amen. We're going to stand on the word. Amen. Because we will not worship anything or anyone else but our God. So you got to have that kind of, no questioning. Even in the face of, of the threat of death, we're going to stand on his word. We're not going to shake. Says in 19 verse, then was the king, then was Nebuchadnezzar's full of rage. Now he done gone from trying to give them a chance because he liked them, he had promoted them. That's why they was in this trouble because others again were trying to plot against them to pull them down. But when they stood flat footed against him face to face, he said he was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and him. In other words, he went from talking nice and being hopeful to having a scowl on his face and the anger that was visibly seen. He said the form of his, his appearance changed and his thought and his mind changed toward them because they were defying who he was because they were standing on who God was. That's where we got to be. Therefore, he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace 
one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. Oh yeah, we're going to vaporize y'all. We're going to heat this thing up. Wow, you know, I said, wow, that's, I mean, fire is hot already. But what he's saying, they stoked the heat. They put more wood on the fire. They added more coals on the fire. They had the fire. You know, I, I, I was thinking about a time when, when we was living in a house down on Miller. And they had this little wood-burning stove, you know, in the, in the family room. And our bedroom was on the other side of the wall. And I had stoked up the, you know, packed it up for the night to keep the house nice and warm. You know, like I usually did, but this night I really packed it good. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to have to get up and put no more wood on the fire. You know, but in the middle of the night, I, 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 it was nice and hot. And I could hear a little crackling. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? So I got out the bed and I went out and I stepped into the family room and the stove was right there. And that stove, now y'all know these little black wood burning stoves, a little cast iron stove. The stove was glowing red. I didn't even open the door. The, whole, just, the stove was glowing red. I said, my God, I'm about to blow this thing up. And I thank God that it had a good, you know, the, the bricks and stuff because, I mean, that thing was, I mean, it couldn't have got no hotter. But the Lord woke me up and said, you better go cool that thing down. So that's seven times hotter than it should have been. Because I can imagine the furnace as he's getting ready to throw them in. But they said, we ain't even worried about it. We ain't even worried about it. Because God has got our backs. Question is, do we have his back when it comes to standing on his word? Standing in our times of struggle and difficulties as we go through our life, because it's going to come. He says it's going to rain on the just as well as the unjust. We are not untouchable, amen, but we should be believable. And that's what we need to grab and say, Lord, we trust you and we know you're able. You know, I looked at that seven times and I seen in, in, in Psalms 12, 6, it says this, the word of the Lord, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver is tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Say, these boys about to be purified like silver. They about to, you know, they about to see what you made of. And I, I love it. And in the 20th verse, I'm about to wrap this up. But in the 20th verse, a man in Daniel 3 said, He commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and the men to go and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound with their coats, their hosen. And their hats, amen, and their other garments. That's already hot, and they're putting everything on. They go, hmm, we're going to burn everything, you and everything you have up right now. And we're cast into the midst of the burning furnace. Fiery furnace. Now, and it goes on to say that even the men that threw them in, it was so hot, even the men that threw them in were burnt up. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen, because in verse 23, we see, and these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. Look what it said. He said they, he didn't deliver them from the furnace. Amen, from being thrown in there. He, did, he didn't say, no, I don't want them to have to go through this. They've already made their stand. No, they had to go into the furnace. 
and they had to come out of the furnace. If you read the rest of the story, amen, they had to come out of the furnace, amen, but the king looked in and saw them in there walking around in the furnace. He said, didn't we throw three in there? But he said, why is it I see four? And the fourth is like unto the Son of God. How'd the king know that? But see, now the thing that gets me, the other men were burnt up just putting them in. It would have just blown my mind just to see them in there walking around. Like, hey man, this is not too bad. These flames don't even, they, these flames ain't even hot. He, Shadrach, you think he took the heat out the flames just for us? Huh? I mean, they're just walking around in there. But then to see a fourth, a deliverer, not out of the situation, but he was God with them in the situation. In the trouble, in the furnace, in the fire, in the hurt, in the pain. God with them right where they were. There's things that we got to go through. And he's going to be in it with us. Don't think he left you. God, where are you? I'm right here in the furnace. Where are you? I'm right here in the hospital with you. Where are you? I'm right here struggling with these bills with you. He's in it with you. Don't forget that. Don't question him. God, God I thank you. That you're with me. I thank you that you uphold me. I thank you that you're my strength in the time of trouble. That's what we do. That's where we come. He's there. If he was there for them, don't you know that he's there for you? He's there for me. He's there when it hurts. He's there when we don't understand. He's there when we don't have an answer. He's God with us. If we would thank him more than questioning him, oh my goodness, we would see more of the deliverance of the Lord in our situations and circumstances. Get rid of the question mark. That's the gateway of the enemy. That's the doorway of doubt. Get rid of the question mark and stand firm even if he don't we know that he is able to deliver us out of every situation, every circumstance, every struggle, every trial, but sometimes he's just going to go through it with us so it don't kill us, but it strengthens us and it makes us better if I don't go through. Because what happened after this? When the king saw and he called him out of the furnace and he had everybody bow down and he made another decree that they're all going to bow down to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because they made a stand they made up in their mind they wasn't going to doubt they wasn't going to question but they're going to stand even if God don't do it if it be so I got to go through the fire let it be so because if I'm going to go out I'm going to go out believing how about you if I got to go out, I'm going to go out standing on his word. I don't want to come all this way and to go out in doubt. No, no, no. Let's stand on our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about everybody else, but I thank God that we have a God that will go through it with you. He won't always deliver us out of it, but he'll go through it with you. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake. Look what he said, Matthew. I'm with you always, even until the end of the earth. I'm going to be with you. You are never alone. 
You are never abandoned by him. Man might walk away. Woman might give up on you. Kids might turn their back. But God said, I'm with you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Hallelujah. So as I close out, amen. Just want to pray. and your, your altar is open. Hallelujah. But I just want to pray that we would grab hold of the fact that God is with us. And not only that, God is in us. Because he dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. We are never without his presence. We just need to call on him and remind ourselves and invite him to just do what it is you do, God. Because I need you right now. Show up in my heart. Show up in my mind. Even if you don't seem to be showing up in my situation, you're in me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you right now. We thank you. Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your long-suffering, God, we thank you, God, that every day you look upon us, your people, God, even as you looked on the woman, a man who was about to bury her son, God, and, and you had compassion on us. We thank you, God, for your compassion upon us every single day in every situation, Lord, that you're moving when we don't see it. You're moving when we don't feel it. You're moving when we don't know it. God, you're right there. Lord, just help us to believe and help our unbelief. Help us, Lord, when we find ourselves questioning. Help us when we find ourselves shaky, Lord, and, and wondering that we would declare your word. God is. God is. Not is the word of God true. The word of God is true. It's true in my life. It's true in my situations. It's true in our circumstances. So we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for being our help and our strength. We thank you, Lord, because you love us enough to lay down your life that we might live. We give you praise right now. Speak to the hearts of your people, God both here and online. Speak, Lord, to those places, those, those fears, those struggles, Lord, those, those shaky and uncertain areas, Lord. Speak to those things, God, and help us to be able to grab hold of the truths of your word. Help us to frame our conversations and to frame our prayer, Lord, in a way that's positive, a way uh, that, that brings affirmation to who you are, that it might speak to our very spirit. Father, we thank you. We praise you right now. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. We couldn't do this without you, God. <laughs> we couldn't walk this walk without you. Mm, we couldn't make it. We, 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 just, we would fall. We would fall. We would fail. But God, it's your grace. Lord, it's your mercy. It's your strength. Lord, in the name of Jesus, have your way right now. Every stronghold that the enemy brings against us, Lord, let it be cast down and destroyed. Let us shake it off, Lord. Every burden, every trial, everything, God, that he, he tries to put on our shoulders to weigh us down, Lord, we shake it off. Lord, we cast it under our feet, Lord, and we stamp it that we can go higher. Lord, we know that you are more than able. You are our deliverer. You are our help. You are our strength. 
when we have none, we turn to you, God. Hallelujah, your will will be done. Bless your daughter, God. Have your way in her heart and her mind, Lord. Hallelujah, we thank you, God. As you do what only you can do. In the times such as these, we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God. Give God some glory up in here. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As I wrap it up, amen. If there's anybody here that hasn't given their life to the Lord or maybe you need to recommit yourself, even for those of you online, it's just a decision to give our lives to him and, and to confess that he is our Lord and Savior confess that he died for our sins for our shortcomings for our inabilities that we might have life and have that more abundantly we thank you we thank God for all these things amen hallelujah we turn it over amen Elder Willie to close us out God bless each and every one of you I'm going to read the closing announcement first, and then we're going to um, take our offering and pray for that. Uh, join us on Wednesday night Bible study via Zoom at 7 p.m. And at the end of the service, please place the chairs unfolded neatly in three rows on the side as we um, prepare to um, clean up and exit the building. Father, as we come, Lord God, to give our offering to you, Lord God, we thank you first and foremost for your word, Lord God, that we will catch hold of what was spoken today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you are with us, Lord God, even in our situations, Lord God, the good and bad times, Father, in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord God, that we can come, that we have an offering to give to you, Lord God to glorify you with, Lord God, to magnify you with, Lord God. We thank you for your provision for the offering, Lord God, and that it would do the work that you have called it to work, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your words that you have given us the ability to gain wealth, Lord God, to fill your covenant, Lord God. And we come this morning, Lord God, with our offering, Lord God, to fill your covenant. Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>